thanks for watching or if you're listening to episode 82 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. As always, I'd love to ask you to leave us a review on YouTube or if you're watching on iTunes and Spotify, give us a like, whatever. But more important than anything, if you can subscribe to VIP Boxing's YouTube channel, that would be a great help, um, really would. And we'd appreciate it. It's good to be back. I've been off for a couple of weeks. John, John ran the ship a couple of weeks ago and then there was... COVID last week and all sorts of things that we didn't recall. But we're back here for our penultimate week before the summer break. You know me, Steve, Lillis and John Evans. This week, um, special guest, uh, was well, a serious Scottish prospect. Uh, our first ever guest from um, north of the border. Three and zero, managed by Ian Wilson, a great friend of Steve Wood and VIP. It's Josh Sanford. Josh, thanks for coming on. It's uh, good to see yeah. you. Thanks for having us, guys. Thanks very much. Yeah, well, first of all, um, I was there at your last fight. You went, you know, you you had your third win. What, what's happening with you now at the moment? Because I, I know Ian's not yeah, so, Ian not doing any shows till September now, is he? Yeah, pretty much. I think maybe potentially the end of August, and then um, I think Ian's got two shows in September. So um, yeah, p possibly that. But really, just taking over the now, Steve. If, if I'm honest with you, and enjoying summer a little bit as well. It's like the only, it's the only real downtime you get as a fighter, as you know. So um, I've just been trying to enjoy the break. Um, I have been taking over, as I said. There, trying trying to keep away from boxing. It's not really working, but um, yeah. So just taking over and, and kind of waiting on a day. I think September seventeenth has been spoke about. Is that St Andrew's Sporting Club? Yeah, I think it will be. I. I see all them dinner shows you have up in Scotland. I don't know how you feel. And I don't know if you've ever been to any of these, John. They're so different to the traditional dinner shows you might see in hotels with Dickie Bowes in England. In England, they all talk during the fights and they've yeah. got they're no interest in the boxing or it's almost yeah. like a cock measuring contest to see <laughs> the most money. You go to these shows that Sam Carnot puts on and Ian Wilson in Scotland, and everybody's there for the boxing. It, mm -hmm. It's just so different. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's just a, a distraction, isn't it, when you go to one down here? No, no one cares. Leicester, they've probably never even seen a boxing ring before. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've seen little highlights, and I know we have quite, quite, quite big events, don't we, in January and February out there, but I've never been up to one. Yeah, they're good, and that's St Andrews. Whether you box on the St Andrews Club shows, uh, they're very special, you know, a, a real sort of occasion about them, the way Ian promotes them, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. We need to try and get John up next time. I'm surprised you, you never brought him along, Steve. I'm, I'm sure it'll be okay. <laughs> See you what, I'll have a word with Ian. See, I, I will have a word with Ian and I will I will make it happen for you, John, if you want to go to the St Andrews Sporting Club, mate. You can either wear a kilt and then, you know, their national outfit <laughs> or, um, you know, we, we, you can wear your dicky both and up. I'll, I'll have a word with Ian because he's told me what I want to Sorry, it needs to be a kill. It needs to be a kill. Yeah, I've got, got, kill. got to be a kill. Yeah, I've got the legs to pull a kill off. Don't worry about that. That's all that grappling <laughs> and wrestling you did, John. That's why, mate. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> all right, then we'll we'll kick on then with with round one of this week's um pod and how this works, Josh. You know, I think you've seen it. Three minutes. John rings a bell. Gets a bit upset if you speak over it. You know he's that sort of guy. Sometimes he's a bit of an angry man when he wants to be. But he's one of these grapplers, whatever they are, or jujitsu. I don't know what he did, but he used to roll around the mat and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll tell you about that when you see him. It was, it was grappling, wasn't it, John? Bit of everything. 
Yeah, we are, right. Okay. <laughs> well, well, see what round one. You start as usual, John, with round one, and it's Hamza Shiraz. Yeah, um, Hamza Shiraz. Now we speak to a lot of people doing what we do, Steve, don't we? And sometimes you speak to someone and they give off a different sense about themselves. You know, like they're destined for bigger things. And from speaking to Hamza over the years, he, he's got that for me. The way he, the way he carries himself, the way he talks about himself, it's as if he expects to get to a certain level. Um, I know the last 18 months there's been a lot of momentum building behind him. I think he was killing himself in the wrong weight class and we never saw the best of him. Uh, but I thought against Jess Smith last time, he looked yeah. pretty sensational, really. He looked like the prospects for really trying to get behind. Um, he's got a decent test this weekend. He's fighting a guy who got a draw with uh, Benavidez, yeah. who's fought Crawford and people like that. But we would expect Shiraz to do a number on him. And then we've got some... Some big fights, haven't we? A friend of a show, Denzel Bentley, British champion. Shiraz, that's a natural. Nathan Heaney and Shiraz is another natural. And once he once he gets in the ring with these British rivals, I think we might see Hamza go to a different level. Of all the young fighters on the scene at the moment, I think Hamza's one who just might have that X factor, might have the ability to go on to a, another level. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm out here in, in Spain at the moment. I went to see um, an old friend of mine, Sanjeev Sahoto, who boxed, and he used to train with. Um, Hamza, um, Sanjeev now, he doesn't even talk boxing. He's retired. He don't even talk. I think it hurt him a bit retiring. But the only person he turns into watch, he told me, is Hamza Shiraz. So, which, and that's someone who doesn't even watch the sport anymore. Uh, have you seen him, Josh? Yeah, I have seen quite a few of his fights, actually. He boxed against uh, Paul Keane, a uh, fellow, fellow Scott. Um, I think that was for, like, some sort of European... Uh, title or not, I thought it was maybe an international sort of title, and then I watched his fight with, with Bradley Skeet, quite a yeah. controversial fight as well. But I think on top of that, it did show a couple of um, like things that Hamza maybe has to work on a wee bit. I think he did struggle with the movement a bit, he's just so strong and so ferocious that he almost um, doesn't even really need to use too much more than that. He's just so good that he gets away with that, if that makes sense. So I'd like to see him like maybe using his boxing brain a wee bit more, which I think he did in his last fight. He was moving, trying to counter punch. I feel like with Skeet, he just, um, it was just really what he walked him down. He knew he was stronger and he, he made to pay a couple of times for it as well. So, um, But no, I think, yeah, I've seen that he's, he's training out in America now. So I think, I think that's going to level him up. That's, that's quite a big... A big thing to and a big commitment for him to make as well. You know yeah, what? I, I think that I think that skeet fight was a wake up call for him. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But like the moving up in weight, why he was doing light middle when when you stand next to the guy, he's six foot. He's a small six foot three, isn't he? Yeah. Easy. Yeah. yeah. He's a giant. So finger. Yeah. I, I just think he's got something about it, Hansa. So fingers crossed, we see the best of him. Right, round two is over to me. I just want to talk about Jake Paul. Um, I'm interested to hear Josh's opinion of him more than anything, I think, on this round. <laughs> Boxer. You know what? I think he's tormenting Tommy Fury. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely. Been absolutely brilliant the way he's goaded. And we've, you know what? It's almost like in music, you don't admit you like ABBA, but you love tapping your feet <laughs> to their tunes. Yeah. Well, each video I see him make, I love Jake Paul a little bit more. <laughs> I just really do. And the, the one I want to get Josh's opinion on, he's offered Tommy Fury 500000 to 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 to, to fight here. Tommy could get a bit more than that because that's where you negotiate. You start your negotiations at the lowest figure. 
I think Tommy's mad turning down 500,000 to fight Jake Paul. Tommy, he's done well, but if Tommy gets to a title level, it's going to be an English title, 10 round level, where you're boxing for 10,000 pounds, if that. I just think he's nuts for turning it down. Imagine if Tommy Fury beat him in this country. He could knock out YouTubers for years to years earning this. I think, I think to be honest with you, Steve, like in my opinion, I, I'm sure I've seen Frampton saying it as well. I actually think that Jake Paul would would maybe beat Tommy Fury. Like I would be rooting for Fury, of course. As a fellow fighter, you you want Fury to win, but like um, I just feel he's been in with better opposition. Like I've seen the guys he's training and sparring with. I know that he's he's put a really good twist on his persona that I've never really seen before and he's obviously pretending that he doesn't know how to fight and you know he's not been around boxing he's just a YouTuber but like the, the inside um, boxing heads know that, that that's not the case at all like he's, he's been in and around it if you look at the guys that's training him as well so it's quite a, a deceiving image especially to the public eye because they feel like Tommy Fury should just go in and, and wipe the floor with him which I, I don't think will be the case and if you look at like the opposition they've both been in with it, it, it leans towards Jake Paul like in, in my honest opinion yeah, I know people have criticised him for not fighting boxers, but the one key thing he's been doing, he's been fighting eight rounds against people who are trying yeah. to beat him. You know, Tommy Fury's not done that. He's, he's not fought a guy who's tried to win yet. And I, I just think that's a big thing in Jake Paul's favour. Also, as well, he's mastered this self-promotion, as you know. Boxers should be looking at this. He, he's inventive with it. He takes the piss. He riles people up. But he gets the end result, doesn't he? He seems to get what he wants. I, I, I think uh, I'm like you. I'm coming round to him a little bit. And poor Tommy Fury. Uh, if he doesn't fight him for the next 10, 15 years until he's forgotten, he's going to have to speak about Jake. I know, I know. Yeah, he almost is in a position where he's just totally cornered. Like I feel like oh. he actually has to fight him now. I don't. I don't yeah. feel there's any other way around it. But as Steve alluded to, I think Tommy Fury's maybe like domestic level, like English title level. So Jake Paul's quite a big jump. Brilliant as well. You're you're, uh, you're you're bringing plenty to this podcast. I tell you that tonight. You really are, Josh. You're going to lead on the next round, and it's a little surprising. <laughs> the future of it is on is on your mind. Yeah. So, um, I my my topic today was just um, on Olympic boxing. So I'd seen that. Um, Boxing is potentially going to be coming out of the Olympics in, in 2024, and I thought that was quite quite a big topic that we could maybe touch on a wee bit today. Yeah, I know. 2028 is, yeah, 2028. 20, so I'm getting a bit ahead of myself there, but yeah, 2028. 20, so um, yeah, I thought, I thought that was quite a big one to discuss today, and I just kind of wanted to see what you guys uh, thought on it. Yeah, you know what? My opinion is, I mean, they've taken uh, IBA who have been run amateur boxing or as it, I'll call it amateur boxing still, but they, they're not going to be running it in, in, in Paris. The IOC are, are going to be worrying it because they're worried about the finance, how hooky the judging's been. I mean, there's even talk now with Joe Joyce getting the gold medal from Tony Yoke from 2016 in France. Yeah, and, it, and if it doesn't go smooth... Um, in Paris, it, I don't think it's going to get on for 2028. I, I, I really don't. You know, I, I worked I worked for the IOC in 2012 at the London Olympics, and you was there till two in the morning because there were stupid appeals for every fight that were just being, yeah. and it was so much controversy. Unless it's almost controversy free in 2024, it's not going to get back. Because and that's a disaster for budding guys turning over because. 
yeah. you, what, how much you get signing on fee and TV deal depends not just on your personality, but what you, you've done at an Olympics. I was going to actually ask you guys that, like what, what you thought in that regard, if, if you thought like are, are uh, amateurs potentially going to turn professional quicker, are they not going to go through the, the, the correct Olympic cycle and end up turning over um, like, like too soon? So it's like a lot, there's a lot of questions there behind it, but that's the sort of worries I've got. And then as you alluded to there in regards to like the just the officiating of fights, like regardless if it's amateur or professional, boxing's always unfortunately get that kind of subjective view where it's not like football you score and it's 1-0. So I don't know if, if like, what you think can maybe be done like in that regard, John, to, to, to kind of make it better. The other thing is as well, it's like the World Athletics, there's also the World Championships run alongside it, but it's not got the same pull, has it? It doesn't matter as much to casual fans or people who just cast an eye over Olympic boxing, it's a massive loss, but it gives people such a springboard, doesn't it, to, to make an impact straight away. Uh, I know not many of the last Olympic cycle fighters have really capitalised on it, but it starts you off. Like, I mean, look at Ben Whittaker, look at the deal he signed and Fraser yeah, yeah, Clark, they, they would never have got anywhere near that, you know, if it wasn't for the Olympics. It's it's a massive loss if it, if it all falls apart. Round four over to you, John, about promoters. Yeah, something's got to change, I think. Um, I think the evidence is there for us all to see. I think the sport's struggling a little bit. Um, these undercards are getting worse and worse and worse every week. And I can't see a way around it. We've spoke about it on here a couple of times. The sport's too diluted. The good yeah. fighters are spread across too many channels and the promoters' egos are getting out of control. They just don't want to work with each other. And the sport as a whole is suffering. We've seen half-empty arenas for week after week after week now. And the atmosphere in them just seems completely dead. I, I think the time's coming where someone's going to have to bite the bullet. Even if we form a couple of little alliances, like maybe Sky will work with uh, Wasserman's more. We, we, or what's going to happen with Pro Bell and MTK being on the outside? It's The sport's in a bit of a mess at the minute. Spread itself too thin. And I think we need some cross-promotional cross fights to reignite it, get that spark going and get these arenas back full again. It, it's getting pretty, pretty desperate, I think. You know, not enough good fighters to go around to fill these undercards and too many promoters with TV deals. And there, there's really good fighters, you know, good prospects, you know, up in Scotland or over Euclid, who aren't getting a look in on TV because they're not with these TV companies. I mean, there was a, you know, the zone the other night, I watched that and, um, you know, I'm not going to like enough was said about David Hay, but they, the way they really try to sell the Ramza Ali fight. Now, the girl's got a fantastic backstory, the Somalian, and, uh, you know, she, she is an inspiration. But the standard of that fight was really poor. And they're trying to sell that to you as if it's something special. Uh, and that, that, that unsettles me as well, John. Yeah. What's your opinion of the TV at the moment, Josh? Yeah, sorry, sorry Steve. I, I, I think just to add to that, to, to be honest with you, and it's a bit outside of kind of what we're talking about a wee bit, I, I like the structure of the way UFC's run. I think that, like, the best fight the best. There's no grumbling or arguing. Um, on the flip side, I think that's also why boxers make a lot more money because, because it's not run under the, the, the one sort of three, if you like. But you would see the best fight and the best if that was the case. I don't think the situation that we're in is resolvable, like right now. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I, I, don't, I don't think there's a... I just don't think there's an end to it. All these different channels and stuff, they want a return on investment, so they want their fighters to remain unbeaten. And it's just getting thinner and thinner and thinner. The good opponents are snatched up. 
so that if they can't fight one week, you know, they can't be on three shows at once. Um, I, like you say, like you just said, Josh, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a quick way out of this. No, definitely. There's not. And the way Sky are paying guys at the moment, they're just trying anyone who's out of contract. They're just signing. They're in it to just take the market and some of the money I'm hearing being banded about is uh, great, great for the boxers and I'm delighted, but it, it, it's crazy money. And uh, I hope you get one of those offers soon, Josh. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Money talks. Uh, round five, Sons at War. Loads and loads of talk that Chris Eubank Jr., Connor Ben are going to fight in the autumn sometime. Uh, I just can't imagine how great the build-up is going to be. I haven't been lucky enough to have been working on the, the when the two dads fought their two fights in Birmingham on that mad Sunday night and then at Old Trafford in a, the fight that maybe never lived up. I just can't wait for the build-up as much as anything for this fight because the dads are being involved. You know, there's still an edge between them. And you know what? <laughs> it's what, £155. It's a, a lot of people obviously going for Eubank. That's going to be hard for him getting down. It's hard for him that you know making weight, Josh. You know, you you flip. I think you flip. You could do. You know, super featherweight. You could do. I'm probably hurt yourself yeah. a lot to do it. You know, <laughs> you, Ben getting down to. Sorry, Ben would could come up. It would. Uh, you paint getting down to one five five. What, what's that going to do to? I mean, is there going to be a weight restriction in the contract? And it's just a fight. I say we've gone about these undercards. But it's so, that is a great headline fight. I just can't wait for it. Just see what you guys think. Josh, are you going to watch it if it happens? Yeah, I, I think so. I think to, to not sit on the fence, I would probably be edging towards Conor Ben like a little bit, just in regards to personalities like of, of my own preference. And in terms of actual boxing, as you said, weight's definitely a, a factor that, that you're going to need to consider. I think in terms of skill set, for, for me, Conor Ben's a little bit better, but those those natural kind of attributes that, that Eubank has is definitely something to um to 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 watch out for really to to be honest with you and as you said the rehydration clause that's going to be quite a big one if it is there we see me I'm not saying Canelo would have beat Mayweather or any of the other fights or Corrales we Mayweather but it definitely drains a fighter if he's if he's having to you know stick to that rehydration clause as well so these are a lot of variables to to consider. I think it's two two ways of looking at it. So I'll put my fans head on first. Brilliant. Yeah. You know, it's a great event. I don't think it can fail to be a good fight. Um, it'll be the build up will be great from the, the moment it's announced to whenever on it. And we've never seen Benning with a puncher. He's not for anyone who can punch and he's going to get hit. Can he take it? If you look at it from another point of view, I think it's a mental fight to make for Conor Ben. They've spent yeah. years matchmaking him to perfection getting him into a, a position where he's close to a, a well-await world title shot, the desperate for pay-per-view stars on the zone, and they're matching him with someone who's not even a, a world-level middleweight who can knock him out cold. I, I, yeah. I think it's a mental fact to make from a business point of view, but eh, from a fan's point of view, I'll watch the shit out of it. <laughs> Final round. Now, this has flown tonight. Josh, you want to talk about Tyson Fury? 
Uh, yeah, it was just to kind of see what, what you thought of, of theories potentially, if you think he's going to come back, if you think he's at it, because he's, he's the master of mind games, isn't he? Let's, let's be realistic here. He's, he's, um, nobody knows what Fury's going to do. I don't even think he knows what he's going to do. But um, I, I guess, in, in my opinion, I think he will come back. Like there's Every boxer's got that bit in between their teeth where they find it difficult to... to, to um, to not go back to it, but he's still got it, and he's actually improving under under Sugar Hill as well. So I, I think, why why not? Why would they not? You know what, Fury the fighter, I absolutely love. I think you know what he's done. I love the way he fights. I mean, what he can do for such a big man, man, he is phenomenal. I'm not saying he's an all-time great, but he could have been a handful in 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 any era. I mean, I just you know, um, but the. Outside of it, I'm getting bored of the brand. I mean, last week he's talking, I want 500 million to get out of bed and fight again. He's doing a thing yesterday where he's saying, I only fight Joshua if they let the fans in for free at Wembley. I mean, what? I just, I'm just getting bored with that sort of stuff. You know, I, I think he'll come back, but he's not going to be out of fight this year because Joshua and Usyk in August, he then got the World Cup. So there's not a yep. chance of getting if Joshua wins and get away the end of the year. It's not going to happen until next spring. You know what I think he'll, he'll end up doing? Having one of these exhibitions for about five million against a wrestler or someone. That's what I think he'll end up doing. That'll be his boxing for this year. And I think he won't be able to keep away. There's too much money for an Usyk to fight Joshua. And there's all, you know, and if Usyk wins the rematch, as many people expect, there's still a load of money. I mean, in an ideal scenario, Joshua would get revenge over over you sit and you can just write your own check for that fight. Yeah, absolutely. Who, who have you got for that fight, Steve? What, Joshua and Usyk? Yeah, who oh, you got? Usyk, like we were saying the other week, yeah. I think it was Tom, Tom Farrell, was it? You know, he was on here the other week and he was saying he, he's just got to go to the knockout and risk getting knocked out. He can't beat him over the 12 rounds. Uh, definitely, I think so. I, I, I'm not too sure myself either. What about you, John? Usyk, but... I don't think it was a, a one-sided, a whitewash as people seem to be describing it as the first fight. You know, I, Joshua was in that fight up until the the ninth and tenth round, and I've said it on here a few times. That last three rounds from Usyk is one of the best last three rounds I've ever seen in my life, and he yeah, won that absolutely. fight in the last three rounds. Up until nine and ten, it was yeah. it was nip and tuck. Usyk's not had the best best build up. He's got all sorts on his mind. You know, he's come out of a war zone. He's he's Aye, absolutely that's a big day, You know. He, he, mm -hmm. I just think it, it might be closer than people think. I'd, maybe we won't get the... Uh, well, in fact, you know, a lot of people are saying all, all Joshua's got to do. This is the reason I'm picking Usyk. A lot of people are saying Joshua's learnt from the first fight. He's got to be more aggressive. Well, Usyk's a pound-for-pound pound great. And once he's had 12 rounds to study somebody, you wouldn't expect him to get it wrong the second time, would you? Not many pound-for-pound oh, greats win the first one and then lose the second. So I would expect Usyk to make some adjustments. But... I don't, I don't think it'll be a, as one-sided as a lot of people think. John, what do you think of the brand of Fury right now, the way he changes his, his tune from one week to the next? I don't think it's a plan, Steve. I think he just gets bored. I do. I, I think he just gets... Whatever, like Josh said, whatever, he doesn't know what he's going to say himself. You put him on a, <laughs> put him on a stage with 2,000 people egging him on, you could make him say anything. <laughs> I, I think he needs, to, he needs to get him a WWE or something to stop himself oh, he's gonna, going off what, tracks again. He, he, he needs to do something. Because I remember something, oh, it was somewhere one day and he was chatting about the WWE. And um, when he went to it, 
he put his heart and soul into that for six, because some people say, for somebody who's only done it for six weeks, he's, uh, he was decent, I'm told. I don't follow wrestling. Um, um, but he was decent. But, um, but when he went out at Florida to the WWE camp, he lived that life with him for six weeks. He was in that gym two, three times a day learning. And a lot of it was his son, Prince, loved the wrestling more than boxing. So he's done something. <laughs> you know, his son hasn't seen his dad just become world heavyweight champion. He's seen him go and bash the best wrestlers up. So, you know, what more would you, would you, could you have in life than that? Your son's seen you winning the WWE. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen Matt Francis and Garnu, the UFC heavyweight, as well. That's likely that could be about, isn't it? As well, that'd be a massive event. So if he just Fiori just has to do something, just do something to keep his mind ticking until next summer. Yeah. Well, I'd say, well, I think you've overrun on that round there. Um, thanks very much for this week. John, thank you. Josh, you were a wonderful guest this week. Plenty to say, but plenty of insight. And um, hopefully we'll get you back on again later in in the year. Yeah, definitely. Cheers, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, you, you're trying to get a rest on boxing. You just had half hour with us two tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that's enough spot. <laughs> well, I tell you what, thanks a lot, fellas, uh, as always. Uh, thanks, everyone, for um, watching, listening this week, and we'll be back with Steve Wood next week. Thanks very much, everybody. Cheers, Steve. For all boxing info, news, and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also... Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.